You're listening to Specscript's one-year anniversary. Today's episode, Star Trek The Next Generation by Lucia Fasano. Set your phasers to enjoy! Who's ready to start Specscript? Thank you all for hanging in there to this point. This yeah, it's but been a wild ride. This yeah. has been already an amazing one-year anniversary. Thanks for a yes. year of Specscript. Yes. One year! Alright, we just had... This, we're also talking to our audience listeners at home. Yeah, our this podcast-y. is now the podcast. Uh, this all, is now the podcast. All of the wonderful people that have attended live got to experience nuclear fallout, uh, yes. our wrestling show and stand-up. None of that stuff gets sent to the podcast listeners. No, no, it's no. It's gold for They're you. not good enough. Yeah, they're scum. They get it for free. Uh, yeah. So, uh, yeah, congratulations, all of you, and uh, congratulations to our podcast listeners for finding a great show. Yeah. Spec Script is a show. Where we invite a comedian or a writer or a funny person of some kind to write an episode of a famous TV show that they've never seen. They write whatever they think it's like, and we assemble a murderer's row of murderers to get on stage actual and murderers. read it. Everyone on this show is a certified actual murderer Pe- of people. People are like, Chris, Kyle... Shane, how do I get on the show? I've come to the show. I've like liked it on Facebook. I'm a funny person. I've been on TV. How do I get on the show? They're we like, hey, it. I would kill to be on your show. And we're like, exactly. Yeah, there yeah. it is. That's the one. Uh, we know true crime is big. We know yeah. comedy is big. Yeah, We say, t- why not combine them? Porque no dos. Porque no dos. So today we got a really uh, exceptional episode. Yes. And we're doing that to celebrate one whole year of spec scripting. Amazing. Um, Thank you all so woo! much yeah. for supporting... Uh, so we're we're today we're doing an exceptional episode of Star, Star Trek, Trek: The Next Generation, Generation. written by spec script MVP extraordinaire girlfriend Angel of the Monique, show. girlfriend of the show, uh, Lucia, Lucia Fasano. That's right. Uh, and we have an amazing cast that you're about to meet. And they are all going to come up on stage. But while that's happening, I've come up with an idea that I didn't tell my co-hosts. Oh, good. We're going to do a he commercial. Does this sometimes. This is a good, this Look, we're going to do a commercial for Pitch Please as everyone's getting out of here. Oh, Woo. Pitch Please. I love Pitch Please. Because, that's a good show. And game. And product. The other MVP of Specscript is the one and only. Where are you, Carolyn? Carolyn. Carolyn. Main. Uh, Hi, Carolyn. And Carol. Tell us about uh, Pitch Please uh, in 60 seconds. Tick, tick, tick. Okay, so Pitch Please is a card game I've developed with an illustrated deck of 53 movie cliches, and players are tasked with coming up with a movie pitch in 60 seconds. You get one minute to plan it, one minute to pitch it. Pitch Please. So, uh, here's what a card deck looks like. It's for sale in real life in Red Castle Games and Guardian Games and online at pitchplease.fun. And, uh, yeah, what else would you like to know? Are you going to pitch something? Uh, I, I think tick, I have a tick, concussion tick, 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 tick. from when Witch Lady hit me. Uh, <laughs> Midpoint. Um, I also yeah. think I got a concussion from when Witch Lady hit me. Uh, Wait, I love playing with head injury people. Okay, they come uh, up with some really viable All right, options. there's grasshoppers. They're in all space. Right. They've got guns. Yeah, great, space great. grasshoppers, guns. Uh, Green light. Okay, wait, <laughs> pump the brakes. <laughs> Million up. dollars. Let's go. Can I pitch? Can I throw? Uh, yeah, pitch. Uh, Chelsea Clinton's in it. 
Oh, oh! What, are you going to put the new Kennedy in it, too? Come yeah, on. Yeah, it's, it's Joe Kennedy the third. <laughs> Wet and mouth Chelsea Kennedy. <laughs> wet mouth Kennedy. Ooh. This is getting topical. All right, don't uh, worry about it. <laughs> he had a don't wet mouth. It. Yeah, right. It's not uh, his fault, but it's true. Yeah, uh, Yeah. so it's a really fun game that you can uh, you, you can buy. Yeah. You can talk to Carolyn about it. You can hear it on a podcast on the River City Podcast Federation. Of yep. the same uh, name? Pitch, yeah. please. Pitch, please. It's uh, like bitch, please, but pitch, please. Oh. Get it. Oh. Mm. One of the several edgy jokes. <laughs> Ooh, so edgy. Um, yeah, Almost so uh, after the show, talk to Carol about it if you want to, or talk to Carol about anything. Well, Carol, talk to us about it. Yeah, just We talk. know less, but we'll talk about yeah, it. Yeah, exactly. I'll say, I like it. And eventually, <laughs> uh, yeah. I've played a bunch of games of it. So, All right. so yeah, yeah. Uh, that's it. Now let's start the main portion of Spec Script. Spec Script. <laughs> so Woo! everyone, no, clap, clap. All right. All right. So everyone in the room has already met most of our performers today. Not all, but most. Many of them performed earlier. But for the listeners at home, they, they haven't. We're going to go around. Everyone is going to say their name, the character they are portraying, and... Their most uh, optimistic thing about the future. The thing about the future which they are most optimistic about. Yeah, so yeah, the thing that gives you most hope about the future. And that way the listeners at home will be able to match a voice to a character. Hi, my name is Chris Hotomy, and I am playing Worf. And uh, my most optimistic thing about the future is, hey, uh, you might not know this about me, but if you are smart and you notice the name, Hotomy is an Iranian name. I'm an Iranian. And for most of Hollywood and TV history, white people have been given the roles of people of color, except when they're evil, and sometimes even when they're evil. But now, uh, you know, we got a lot more movies and TV shows coming out with uh, diversity and appropriate representations of people of color. And little Chris Hotomies around the world get to uh, see uh, Iranians represented not by Jake Gyllenhaal. And that is really (laughs) optimistic for me. Uh, I'm Kyle McCormick. I am playing uh, Jean-Luc Picard. Uh, yeah, sounds good. Uh, the thing about the future uh, for which I am most optimistic uh, is... Um, the, uh, You're taking mine! <laughs> <laughs> the fact that we have semi-regular federal elections. And <laughs> I think that's pretty cool. Yeah, my, my name is Avery. I will be playing Borg. <laughs> and the thing that I am most optimistic about in the future is I just, I just, I don't know about you, I just think the internet is just going to connect everybody. <laughs> <laughs> it's going to bring so much connection. And once we're all connected, then we'll, we'll have that. Uh, my name's Carolyn Maine. I do the other podcast pitch, please. Thank you. Uh, <laughs> and I found out tonight a really good way to make friends with lonely guys at the bar is to wear a Star Trek pajama shirt. <laughs> if anybody's interested, picking up some loose change out there. Um, <laughs> and the only thing I'm kind of excited about the future is that they figured out how to grow teeth. So go ahead and eat more candy. Uh. Um, I'm Lucia Fasano, um, and I'm going to be playing Bully Alien 2, and Kylo, um, and I'm most excited about the future 
about um, the, um, the apps. <laughs> like the appetizers at Applebee's? Please someone buy me mozzarella sticks. Thank you. Hi, I'm Mark Wiemet. I'm, I'm Mr. Spock. Uh, and I'm not a comedian, so uh, rather than a joke about the future, um, hopefully O-Tech will keep uh, fresh water a thing that people have access to. Uh, water scarcity sucks. Get ready for it. <laughs> uh, I'm Talon Bigelow. Woo. I'm playing Jordy. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, there's a Black Panther movie coming out in a couple of days. <laughs> and people listening to this podcast are living in a post-Black Panther society. Wow. I, just, I can't wait to see what that's like. <laughs> All right. I'm Katie Pyatt. I'm playing Dr. Beverly Crusher. And I just want to say as a dadless person, I approve of the content tonight. Dadlessness. I look forward to more dadless characters in the future. What's the thing you're... Oh, that, oh. Yeah. Okay. That, that's the future. Uh, my name is uh, Ben Coleman. Uh, I will be playing uh, Lieutenant Commander Data uh, here and probably elsewhere later. Um, <laughs> And the thing that I am most excited about the future uh, is uh, Nice Guys 2, uh, set, in the, set, set in the 80s, um, which isn't actually a thing, but I feel like if we get the rumor started now, like, that'll, that'll build up some steam. All right, well, my name is Rose, uh, and I am playing Deanna, and uh, the thing that I am... <laughs> whoa. <laughs> uh, the thing that I'm most excited about is, remember that job interview I was talking about earlier? I got the job. Clap, clap, clap! Suck it, Jerry. No, sorry. <laughs> uh, hello, my name is Tori Ward. I'm going to be playing um, Whoopi Goldberg. <laughs> and Cylon, and uh, the thing I'm most excited about in the future, um, well, gosh, not to like wax philosophical here or anything, but I, I guess the thing I'm most excited about in the future is that comedy festival that's happening on the Oregon coast, Undertow Comedy Festival, the last weekend of April, and you, where people can happen to buy tickets online at undertowcomedy.com, and uh, that's it. Thanks, guys. <laughs> My name is Mark, I am the narrator, and I am looking forward to the return of the McRib. <laughs> uh, I'm Shane Hosey, I'll be playing uh, William Thomas Riker. <laughs> Not to be confused with Thomas Riker, the weedier, less confident version of himself. Let's go, Shane. From Let's another timeline. Keep, 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 yeah. keep it moving. And we're, we're, I'm most excited, optimistic for the Tick season two. So, <laughs> all right, everybody, let's start Spec Script. Star Trek: The Next Generation. Star Teens. In Enterprise High, the people are divided up by two separate but equally important star fleets: the captains, who give the orders and are not aliens, and the rest of them who are aliens and cyborgs and such. These are their stories, bum bum. <laughs> the summer is almost over in space, which means it's time for the good boys and girls of the universe to go back to school. This means there's a new freshman class at Enterprise High, and they have big shoes to fill, 
which means it's time for Star Trek The Next Generation. (laughs) We see an opening montage, which features all of our stars morphing from their freshman yearbook photo to prom to other hilarious antics they encountered throughout the year. The bell rings, and we see Worf and Riker hanging by the lockers at Enterprise High. So I said to teach, why do we have to go back to school if there's no seasons in space? Like, summer forever, man. Worf says, doing the cunnilingus gesture and sound with his hands. (laughs) Good one, Worf. Hey, I think I hear something. Mon Dieu, mon livre, mon books. Worf and Riker run down the hall to see that a sweet little freshman with a head as bald and shiny as a billiard ball is being thrown around by two aliens from the planet Bully, emptying out his backpack and crushing his various gizmo gadget watsits. Why do you think they're attacking him? Because he's French? Because he's bald? (laughs) It's because he thinks he's the next Captain Kirk. But no one should be the next Captain Kirk. (laughs) 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 Worf and Riker look at each other perplexedly, then hop into action. Worf shoots some acid from his gills, temporarily scalding the bullies, so Riker could get the French freshman to safety. Merci, merci. Interior, the nurse's office, waiting room bay. Don't worry, little dude. Dr. Beverly Crusher will make sure you're in tip-top shape. Maybe even get you some hair. Maybe a nice beard. Like mine. Or a nice beard. Like mine. (laughs) Thank you both for the follicular felicitations. But if I'm going to be a captain one day of the Enterprise football team, I can't have a beard. That's only for commanders or lower. Oh. Just then, Dr. Beverly Crusher enters. Oh, hello, children, and oh my goodness, it's only day one of school, and we're getting into fisticuffs? What happened to our favorite freshman, Jean-Luc Picard? Oh, Jean-Luc picked on. (laughs) And why is that? Something about a Captain Kirk. Oh, Kirk. Kirk, Kirk, Kirk. He was a man for the ages. Dr. Beverly Crusher takes a hit off a vape. (laughs) (sighs) James Tiberius Kirk, no relation to James Tiberius York of the Degrassi planet, was our star captain. He led us through many victories with the help of his right-hand man, Mr. Spock. He had a luscious head of hair, the perfect hourglass shape that only a galactic girdle could produce. And he kept the Enterprise high safe from many threats, especially Super Senior Khan. He died from succumbing to years of radiation exposure and all of his organs being shifted around from his space spanks. Also, a spaceship fell on him. Doesn't Mr. Spock uh, still teach at Enterprise High? Yes, after Kirk died, Mr. Spock was bereft. He decided to teach a class about conflict resolution, especially in cases of teen space violence. He also teaches the nude photography class. Nudes? Hey, sign me up. (laughs) Riker goes in for a high five, but no one reciprocates. Picard gets up suddenly with a new vigor. He's crisp like a freshly pressed dressed shirt. So Mr. Spock can show me how to be a good captain like Kirk. Au revoir. (laughs) Picard runs out. 
I mean, that's not really appropriate for a teacher to be doing, but okay. End scene. <laughs> Meanwhile, in the library at Enterprise High, we see freshmen named Geordie, played by LeVar Burton, and Deanna Troy, self. <laughs> Troy is going through a witchy phase, wearing heavy eyeliner and a choker along with her Starfleet uniform. Geordie is busy playing with a fidget spinner as Deanna tries to study. Jordy, Jordy, we need to study for this exam. How are you going to pass meteorology class if you won't stop fidget spinning? Hey, I got this. All I need to do is flash some of that Jordy Bordy charm and I'll pass. <laughs> okay then, what's an arch of colors formed in the sky in certain circumstances caused by the refraction and dispersion of the sun's light by rain or other water droplets in the atmosphere? Um, what is Tribble. Jordy, come on! Listen, Deanna, I don't know. I was too busy thinking about my acne and nocturnal emissions. Just tell me the answer, D. What is it? Deanna Troy shoves her textbook at Jordy. Take a look. It's in a book. Ah. Reading. Jordy passive-aggressively scans through his textbook. Reading. Rainbow! That's the answer! <laughs> That's the answer. Whoa. I just got a spectacular idea. <laughs> oh my god, what? Let's skip fifth period. Oh, Jordy. End scene. Interior, Mr. Spock's teen space conflict resolution class. We see an older Spock, his hair still in its patented black Vulcan cut with baby bangs, his eyebrows still perpetually diagonal like when you draw an angry anime character. <laughs> It's a fierce femme look, and frankly, he rocks it. He's wearing his classic blue commander shirt, but this time it has elbow pads because, you know, he's a professor. All right. Time for attendance. Borg? Cyborg? Here. This is the Borg you've been looking for. All right. All right. Anyway, Lon? Cylon? Here. Solo, Ben? It's a Kylo, which is Italian for Kyle. <laughs> All right, I respect that. Uh, Jeff? Jeff? Is a Jeff here? Jeff Daniels? <sighs> I guess the little dipshit had better th things to do. Uh, better than school? Illogical. All right, back to it. Picard? Jean-Luc? We, here, data. It's pronounced data. Illogical. Anyway, you're all here. Time to learn about why most conflicts do not have to end in violence. In fact, you'll find that the most triumphant, courageous stories throughout the universe's history were those of pacifism and compromise. Oh, I see we have a hand raised. Picard? I cannot agree more. Logically. Yes. Unlike the ways of our predecessors in Enterprise High, I found that a peaceful detente is the only way to guarantee stability after a conflict. Judicious response, Picard. Borg shit. Whoa! Whoa! Hey! Illogical, Borg. We aren't talking about Borgs, nor their excrement. What elicits this interruption? Well, Captain Kirk died putting his neck on the line for this school. So we could make it all the way to regionals and then one day to nationals. 
<laughs> and yeah, he was made homecoming king for it. And yeah, he was getting hella laid for it. But he did it because he had what was best in mind for the school. He had school spirit, unlike some Frenchmen. Oh. But, but maybe that's not what good leadership takes. If he hadn't died, if he had made an agreement with Super Senior Khan, so like maybe Khan could have access to the vending machines and the volleyball courts, but be banned from attending senior prom for the 60th year. Maybe if they just compromised, Kirk could have lived. Maybe, maybe that's leadership. Enough already. Class is dismissed early. Your homework is to read The Tempest and write a character analysis. Live long and read about Prospero. <laughs> Cyborg and Picard get up to leave with the other students. Not you two. You're off to detention, where you're going to live long and think about what you've done. <laughs> Picard and Cyborg head begrudgingly off to detention, while one student hangs back to talk to Mr. Spock. It is Data, a youngster that is half alien, half robot computer, <laughs> all sex machine. <laughs> His pale skin is the color of curdled milk with yellow eyes and slick black hair. He's the ultimate beta male because he's always beta testing. <laughs> oh, hello there, young Data. Uh, greetings, Mr. Spock. It is actually pronounced Data. But you wouldn't call a gif a jif. Oh, but I would. Jif, uh, you see, is... Illogical? Yes. Very well, then. Data. Uh, I saw that you were uh, discussing your old friend, Captain James Tiberius Kirk. You seemed a parsec... Emotional? Affirmative. Ah, yes. Over the years, no matter how rational a Vulcan can be, a Vulcan can, in fact, feel some affection and a sense of camaraderie. It's been a long time since I've had a friend. If you do not mind, Mr. Spock, I have been listening to the music of Earth musician Randy Newman in order to learn how to feel. And I would like to declare, you have got a friend in me, Mr. Spock. End scene. Interior. Detention bay at Enterprise High. Picard and Cyborg are in the detention bay. Borg is sitting on a desk like a real cool guy while Picard busies himself by alphabetizing the books on student punishment. I'm trying to alphabetize these, but they all start with D for detention. <laughs> You're really going to do what that Spock-sucking Volkjina wants? <laughs> these are the best years of our lives. We shouldn't be wasting them stuck in detention. What would you suggest is the proper alternative to good alphabetizing? This. Suddenly, the Borg takes out his Letterman jacket pocket what looks like a long USB cord. He plugs it straight into his nostrils. He starts to writhe in a mixture of pain and pleasure. <laughs> Picard runs to Borg's side. Sai! Sai, are you okay, my dear fellow? What's happening to you? Borg collapses until he bursts out of his seat, looking stronger than ever. Bright neon light is coursing through his arms. I'm fine, Picard. This is premium-level stuff. How do you think we're going to get to nationals this year? 
we gotta be stronger than Gallifrey Polytech. This is the way to do it. <laughs> the way? By plugging in. And you can be just as strong as the Borg. The Borg? Is that how you're referring to yourself now? Look, are you with me or not, Picard? We could be the strongest teens, and sex feels way better on it. Sigh! I don't want any part in your cyborg sex. You had your chance, Dick Nard. Oh. The Borg out. The Borg crashes through the sliding detention bay doors, leaving Picard. Oh, dear. I'm going to have to clean that up. Mm-hmm. End scene. Enterprise High Cafeteria Bay. Worf, Riker, Geordi, and Deanna Troy are sitting around the lunch table together. Deanna is doing tarot for everyone. Picard is walking past with, the, with his lunch, a shiny red apple and a glass of French milk. Hey, Jean-Luc, want to sit with us? Oh, he's a cutie. He's the one who, saved from the, uh, who we saved from the bully aliens the other day. A great leader. What? Deanna Troy is making intense eye contact with Picard. Her hair is perked up and flowing. She's having a psychic vision. Jean-Luc Picard, born July 13th, a cancer, of course. How did you know that, Deanna? It's obvious. You Hmm. care about this school and its students. You're meant to be our captain with us as your fleet. Hey, what about me? What about Geordie Bordy's time as our captain? The whole group rolls their eyes at Geordie. Jordy, you couldn't even remember to get for Earth period this morning. That is true, Worf. I was having a really good dream. There is a great threat coming to the Enterprise High. A great threat that may already be upon us. What? What does she mean? Like Super Senior Khan? Uh, I believe I know what she means. Well, are you all with me? To be my crew? To take this voyage together to right wrongs all across the cosmos? I'm in. We are. Uh, I'm tired. Jordy! Well, make it work. We see a montage of the gang meeting up after school to practice being a Starfleet. We see over time as Riker becomes Picard's right-hand man. Picard is commanding with a greater confidence. Geordi is getting better at studying and falling asleep less. We see signs being hung for the winter formal dance. They have a big group hug. I've seen the threat. I know what happens when the Borg plugs in. His strength becomes beyond control, like he has all the power of logging on. It's like he becomes... The ultimate internet troll? Yes! He can find your deepest weakness and poke at it. He's unrelenting, loses all basic humanity and empathy. I don't think anyone can reason with him. And we are going to need help! We need someone who understands artificial intelligence and computing all the knowledge in the universe. I think I know just who can help. Thank you, Riker. I knew I could depend on you. We zoom in on Worf, who is steaming with jealousy. End scene. (laughs) Exterior outside of Enterprise High. A jealous Worf is leaning against the school building, vaping, which is a totally normal activity in space. (sighs) He's approached by Bully Alien One. Hey, Worf. Why the long, craggy face? Get out of here, bully alien one, and let me enjoy my vape. All you know how to do is bully. Hey, hey, I come in peace. 
Yous just seemed kind of down. Well, yeah. My best friend Riker seems to have a new best friend. And, like, Mm. Riker's been my best friend since middle school. Mm. And this new guy doesn't even have a beard. That's BS. (laughs) What does this new guy have that you don't have? Uh, I don't know. Like, I guess he's a good leader. But when I first met him, he was just a little dweeb. (laughs) But, like, now I feel like I'm the little dweeb. Uh, You know, I've got something that can make you feel real strong. Really does the trick more than that vape. Worf takes a long hit on his vape. (laughs) Whoa. Whoa, breathe in, buddy. Damn. God, I love the vape. <laughs> uh, I mean, God, I love the vape. <laughs> then Bully Alien 1 brandishes an ominously long cord. Do it. You see, Wolf was only 16. All of these kids, their hormones are just running wild. Their brains aren't finished developing. And they're going up to make some decisions that their adult brains wouldn't have. Experimenting with plugs, oral sex, jealousy, competition, eating disorders, cyborg bullying. I the power! What has he done? <laughs> Worf has plugged in and logged on. Bully Alien 1 runs off campus, leaving Worf to undergo his changes. Cut to the computer laboratory bay where Riker, Picard, and Deanna come looking for their secret weapon. We see Data, the hunk of the show, talking to a laptop. Beep boop, my friend. Beep boop. Data! Salutations, Riker. And look, you are accompanied by a squadron of my peers. Deanna looks as if she's having another vision. She approaches Data and puts a hand on his shoulder. I know you have been feeling isolated and lonely. Irrational. I do not feel anything. Surely not lonely. But yes, you could suggest that I have been isolated. I talk to this computer, but they do not respond. There are not a lot of freshmen at Enterprise High who are like me. An alien. Uh, An android robot thing? It is of no importance. There are not many of my kind, which would define me as... A loser freak? An outlier. An other. Data, I want you to know that I know how you feel. In fact, we all do. It's part of being a team. It's Our bodies are going through changes. Sometimes you just have spontaneous visions, and hair grows in weird places. We all feel like outliers, which is why we need to stick together. And Data, if you don't mind me saying, you're the eye candy of the show. I mean, school. Yeah. (laughs) Yes, I can see in the future, the future frontier, where weird girls are going to be comparing all of their future relationship partners with how much they hold up to you. Think of the slash fic, my man. You have a lot to offer, and we think you've got the special skills to fight the threat that's been coming to Enterprise High. Data is overcome with not emotion, but something close. His cheeks have some color in them, beside the usual, you know, spoiled milk color. And the corners of his fish-like mouth have turned up into a bonafide smile. 
You really think I am a snack? A snack and a half. A real thirst trap. (laughs) Data starts to actually chuckle, his face continuing to blush. (laughs) Now, what about that threat? End scene. Interior, locker room bay at Enterprise High. Geordie is changing out of his school Starfleet uniform into his casual other Starfleet uniform. (laughs) He is approached by Worf, who is all roided out on the Borg's plug. Take a look, it's in my butt, singing Geordie. Hey, Geordie! Worf, didn't see you there. It's not Worf, it's the Worf. The Worf? Why, hey, what happened to you, Worf, my dude? You're all glowy. You look tense. Have you slept? The Worf is fine. Better than ever, actually. Hey, okay, man. I just think you might need to chill. Just then, the Worf starts to attack Geordie. He lifts him up to the locker and smashes him against it. Worf the hell! Man, ah, ah, help! Help, guys! Geordie presses the button on his communicator calling for help. Cut to Riker getting the signal from across the school. Boop, boop. Picard, Geordie's in trouble. We gotta help him. I can be of assistance. Uh, make it so, say we all, uh, l- let's go. <laughs> Back to Geordie and the wharf in the locker room bay. Ah, why are you doing this? I want you to join me and plug into the Borg. Suddenly our heroes burst into the locker room bay. Data has joined them. Worf, what's happened to you? He looks like Borg. I mean, the Borg. He's a bad guy, but I respect it. When I saw him in detention. He is plugged into all of the power of the computerverse. It is more power than a Klingon like Worf is acclimated to handle. His body will shut down soon if we do not stop him. No! My best friend! He's moving too fast. How are we going to pin him down? Ah! The wolf has shined a bright UV light into Geordie's eyes, blinding him. Geordie, ah. no! Data, is there a way I can freeze the Borg system that has clung to Worf like a virus? Ah. It, <laughs> it is a possibility. Cut the plug that is going into his nostrils, and perchance, it will halt the energy source, decelerating his Borg power. Riker, make it slow. (laughs) Riker brandishes a space knife. (laughs) It has buttons and stuff. (laughs) And cuts Worf's plug. No! (sighs) Worf drops to the floor, releasing Geordie to the ground as well. End scene. (laughs) Interior nurse's office bridge. Dr. Beverly Crusher is looking over Worf and Geordie. Geordie has special wraparound sunglasses over his eyes. Sort of like Cyclops from (laughs) X-Men. But it's Star Trek. (laughs) The rest of the gang is there as well. How are they looking, Doc? They're going to make a full recovery. You're lucky you got to them in time. The Borg virus hadn't yet gotten through the Worf's strong, craggy Klingon skull into his brain. Jordy has to wear his space sunglasses forever, though, which honestly was a good move or else he'd be pretty basic. <laughs> oh, Jordy. Yep, they should both see a full recovery in time for the winter formal tomorrow night. 
Which is kind of funny since there aren't really any seasons in space. That is funny, but we've seen what power the Borg has. And we need to nip this in the Borg. (laughs) Cut to the winter formal on the gymnasium bridge. The student body is hanging decorations. Principal Whoopi Goldberg is carting the fake snow machine into the room. This is going to be the best winter formal in Enterprise High history. Now that Super Senior Con is gone, we can all have a peaceful night with no student violence or unintended pregnancies. Just then, Dr. Beverly Crusher walks up, accompanied by Mr. Spock, to Principal Whoopi Goldberg, taking a long drag on her vape. I'm, I'm pregnant. I think I'll name him Will. Okay, only one unintended pregnancy, hopefully. Thank you, Mr. Spock and Dr. Beverly Crusher for being our adult chaperones tonight. Logically, the needs of the many outweigh the needs of the few. And even though I need a night off, catching up on my stories, I could not deprive you of my services as a chaperone. Meanwhile, Picard has assembled his Starfleet crew in their most formal Starfleet uniforms. Geordie and Worf are recovered, but this time Geordie has his cool wraparound sunglasses. Hey, Worf, can I talk to you in private? Oh, sure, dude. I wanted to say, you know what you did to Geordie? You weren't yourself. You were on plugs. I know. It wasn't me. Plugs make me something I'm not. Worf looks straight into the camera. Don't do plugs. It, it just scared me, because, like, I'd hate to not to get to talk to my best friend again. You're not Picard's best friend? Picard? <laughs> no, man, he's, he's cool, but, like, he's our captain. He'll never be El Capitano of my heart. <laughs> That's you. Hey, Riker. You're my best friend, too. The two of them hug. Cut to the Borg is by the snack table. He is putting plugs in everything. The chips, the dip, the popcorn, the punch bowl. Hee 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 hee. I'll show them a snack. Deanna is having a vision. Data looks queasy. Picard, it's time. Captain, I am uncertain of my abilities to assist the situation. Data, you have to fake it till you make it so. The school dance has officially begun. The students are dancing to the band carefree when suddenly the Borg jumps on stage, cutting off the band, taking the microphone. Hey, Jean Puke. Everyone looks to Picard in the crowd. Moi? Yeah. Yeah, you. Everyone says you're the next Captain Kirk, huh? And I can tell you think so, too. You've got your little crew of betas at your side, following your every orders. Well, you're no Kirk. You're nothing. This is childish. So I... I... I'm the Borg. Mm. And the Borg gets what the Borg wants. 
Bully Alien 1 and Bully Alien 2 have grabbed Mr. Spock and dragged him on stage. Both Bully Aliens have plugged into the Borg. They're so strong! So much power radio off of him! Geordi looks at his communicator. He's a Wi-Fi hotspot! I will not allow myself to be intimidated. Borg, you shall not plug in Mr. Spock. Bah, I don't want to plug in Mr. Spock. He's old and frail. I want you to join me. And if you don't, Spock is going to live not long and like not prosper either, because he'll be dead. Illogical. Mr. Spock. Nonsense. I'll never join you. Just then, Picard signals his Starfleet crew to carry out the plan they had devised. Jean-Luc, it is logical that you would let me die in order to evade the situation, and I do not wish to impede the winter formal. It is logical that a Vulcan of my age would give their life to help the few. Fortunately, it will not come to that. Loser says what? Just then, Data has hacked into the mainframe of the Borg system, with Deanna, Picard, and War fighting off the bully aliens. Spock is let free. What? No! The Borg! Out! The Borg has collapsed to the floor. Dr. Beverly Crusher, should you help the Borg? She takes a hit off her vape. Let him die. Enterprise High was saved, and the winter formal could resume as planned. Picard's fleet hug and dance together in the way that this new generation of teens are very comfortable with. Picard is their new captain, and they dream of all the further adventures that they would trek on together, meeting new friends along the way, such as Dr. Beverly Crusher's baby, Will Wheaton. Or Red from Orange is the New Black. I heard she was in this. Whether it was pimples, pregnancies, finals, gym class, evil alien invaders, robot threats, or boys, nothing can stop Star Trek The Next Generation. Principal Whoopi Goldberg interrupts the dancing Starfleet crew to offer them the honors of using the fake snow machine. Well, Picard, you and your crew saved the winner formal and the whole Enterprise High. So, what do you say? Picard smiles with that wry, adorably British smile that Tony Patrick Stewart can make. Enterprise High, make it snow! The end! Hoppa! Hoppa! Written by Lucia Fasano! Give it up for everyone you saw tonight. You saw Martin the Movie Man! You saw Tori Ward! You saw Rose Sherman! Ben Coleman! Katie Pyatt! Talon Big!
saw one of your producers and co-hosts, Shane Hosey. You saw another producer and co-host, Kyle McCormick. Kyle McCormick. Yeah, you did. And you saw the third one, Chris Hotomy. And you especially saw your writer and uh, bully, Lucia Fasano. Give it up again. All right, all right, all right. Spec script of this show on the River City Podcast Federation. Check out that Podcast Federation. There's a lot of great shows on it. Uh, also, check out this episode again to hear your laughs and claps and oohs and ahs immortalize. Because if you die, you will live forever in this episode of Spec Script. Uh, give it to your grandkids. Uh, and uh, yeah, give a big round of applause for the woman who ran the door, Shannon Hunt. Give it up for her. And the man who ran these voices, so many different mics on stage, everyone talking at a different level, and it sounded so good. Give it up for Ryan! A true miracle worker! Uh, I'm forgetting something important. Oh, yeah, follow us on the internet. Follow us <laughs> at Specscript Show on Twitter. Uh, Specscript on Instagram. We got the first Specscript. That's great. Yeah. Uh, like us on Facebook, review us on iTunes, you know the jazz. Uh, and let's give a round of applause for the one year birthday of Specscript. And recently the 25th birthday of Lucia Fasano. We've got flowers. Clap, 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 clap. The next Specscript that will be live. Uh, it will be here at Kelly's Olympian on March 11th. A lot of 11ths, uh, just like today, uh, exactly one month from now. And that will be an episode of Mad Men. What? As written by LA comedian and good friend Justin Cousin. Uh, right. Yeah, so come back to that one. Uh, there'll be so many more snacks and a half on that show, too. I don't know. It'll be uh, a real thirst trap. Yeah. Uh, hang out with us uh, after the show. Uh, uh, if you actually did that tweet thing, uh, I'll, the prize is it might is the last of the stickers that we spent money on buying. Oh, we have yeah. Like, we have, like, only a few of them left, and I'm just yeah. going to give them away. R.I.P. I got one so, in my water bottle. It's tight. Yeah, I got one on the back of my phone. It's faded because I Ooh, drop my phone all gone. the time. Uh, uh, but yeah, that is it. So everybody, give it up for Specscript! What is the auction? What? Oh, okay. Thank you for listening to Specscript. Come to our next live episode on March 11th as Justin Kusson writes Mad Men. Pack your suitcases for that, baby. Presenting the Pitch Please Podcast. Pitch Please, the game of the 60-second screenplay. It's a fun new game show where players pitch potential productions with pretty much no planning. Armed with only their imagination and a deck of 53 fully illustrated movie cliches like... Sexy hackers. Vaguely European supervillain. Sport dog. Players get one minute to plan it and one minute to pitch it. Pitch Please. It's the big screen in a little package. Take my pitch, please. Now playing the movies from inside, inside your mind. Please play pitch, please, on the River City Podcast Federation. It's the River City Podcast Federation.